Hey, it's Craig. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Canadian History X early and ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Greetings and welcome to another episode of Canadian History X. If you like, you can support the podcast for as little as $3 a month. Just go to patreon.com slash CanadaEHX. You can also donate to the podcast by going to CanadaEHX.com and clicking donate. Don't forget, I have several other podcasts out there. From John to Justin, Pucks and Cups, Canada's Great War, and Coast to Coast. Available on all podcast platforms. I do all these podcasts full-time, so every dollar you give keeps it all going. And I truly appreciate it, and I'll thank you on the air and throughout my social media and at the end of every single episode. If you like, you can email me at craig at canadaehx.com. You can find me on Twitter. My handle is Craig Baird, C-R-A-I-G-B-A-I-R-D. And I'm on Instagram and TikTok, where I put up daily videos on Canada's history. And my username is Bairdo37. You can also find weekly videos about Canada's history on my YouTube channel. Just go to youtube.com slash c slash canadianhistoryx. And if you want, you can find transcripts of every single episode I've ever done on my website, CanadaEHX.com. For the Indigenous, the area of future Onaway was an important place because of the large lake found only a few kilometers away from the present town site. The lake, now called Lac St. Anne, was called Wakanmi by the Nakota Sioux and Manitou Sakahegan by the Cree. The names mean God's Lake and Lake of the Spirit, respectively. The indigenous would hunt bison in the area of the lake, and legends stated there was a large serpent that lived within the lake. When it moved, it would cause dangerous currents that could cause a canoe to capsize. Oral stories tell of how young people would go out into the lake in a canoe and look down into the clearer water to the bottom to see if they could see the creature. When Europeans arrived in the area, they would rename the lake Devil's Lake, due to a mistranslation from the Cree name, because for the Cree, it was a sacred place. In 1842, Father Jean-Baptiste Thibault, a missionary, arrived at the lake and saw that it would make a good mission location. He would bless it in 1844 and rename it Lac Saint Anne in honor of the grandmother of Jesus. At the time, there were about 30 French Métis families living in the area around the lake. At the mission, the missionaries would teach about the church and also show the locals how to farm. At the time, the bison were declining and the missionaries wanted to make the Métis into farmers. By 1859, the mission had 17 cows, 15 horses, 10 dogs, 10 cats, and a large garden. That same year, three gray nuns were welcomed into the mission, where they learned the Cree language and started a school. Eventually, the mission would have over 2,000 people living at it, and it would have a Hudson's Bay Company post, a school, an orphanage, a Northwest Mounted Police barracks, a dance hall, a post office, a saloon, hotels, and several stores. 
1889, a priest would organize the first pilgrimage to Lac St. Anne to honor St. Anne on her feast day of July 26. By 1926, the pilgrimage had attracted 5,500 people. The pilgrimage continues to this day with pilgrims coming from across North America and often walking several kilometers barefoot as a penance to witness or be part of the miracle of healing. At the pilgrimage site, there is also a display of crutches and canes that have been left behind by pilgrims. Today, upwards of 40,000 people a year attend the pilgrimage, and it is the largest event of its kind in North America. People at a pilgrimage at Lac St. Anne have a tough decision to make. The water that is so important to their ceremonies is filled with a nasty algae. The province has put out a health warning, but many of the events don't know about it. And as our Briar Sewer reports, some who do know are wading in anyway. Thousands of Catholics flock to this site for an annual pilgrimage, a holy retreat on the shores of Lac St. Anne, water that's now under a health advisory. Even you, you shouldn't be in there, kid. Yesterday, a health official spotted a blue-green algae bloom on the lake. It's a type of bacterial growth that usually happens in shallow water. The nutrients produce toxins, and they can make people sick. You know, they can vary from minor, relatively minor things like skin irritation or throat irritation to, uh, to more serious problems like uh, if people, for example, ingest uh, this toxin on an ongoing basis, they can de develop liver problems. Alberta Health Services issued a media advisory but didn't immediately contact anyone at the pilgrimage. No, I'm very unhappy with that. They should have been more proactive, in my judgment, more proactive about contacting the police or coming out here. Today, many here still didn't know about the advisory. It's hot outside, so water's right here. I just want to jump in. Some saw the signs only after they got out of the water. I didn't see any there. <laughs> Others knew about the warning, but decided to go in anyway. Lac St. Anne is considered sacred. Many people believe the water has healing powers, which is why many are still entering the lake despite the health advisory. The pilgrimage to this lake has been going on for more than 100 years. People from across Canada come for the spiritual experience. Leonard Dagno is from Saskatchewan. Since 1972 was the last time I was here, I'm told. And not to be able to go to the lake, it is kind of disappointing. Dagno will be staying on the shore this year, but others say they simply couldn't pass up a wade in these waters, even with the warning. Briar Stewart, CBC News. Lac in 2004, the Lac St. Anne pilgrimage was declared a National Historic Site of Canada. For several years, the area of Onaway was only sparsely populated by settlers. After a survey was done in the area, settlement would increase and in 1904, a post office was built. Run by W.P. Bupri, a proposal was put forward to name the community after him. Since there was already a town by that name, the residents decided to translate his name into English in English, it means fair field or lush meadow. They then translated that into Cree, and the name Onaway was chosen. Upri would actually serve as the postmaster for 32 years, longer than anyone else in the community's history. I'd like to take a break away from the episode for a second to talk about ExploreNet. I spent most of my life living in rural areas in Canada, and I remember the days of dial-up internet and spotty high-speed service. For the past three years, I have been a customer of ExploreNet and I can honestly say that it is the best rural internet I have ever had. My job as a podcaster means I spend a lot of time researching online, interviewing people over Zoom, and uploading content. Through it all, ExploreNet has provided me with excellent service. 
When I'm not working, I enjoy streaming content on several streaming platforms and even doing some online gaming with a friend in Ontario. ExploreNet allows me to do all of that with ease. Right now, they offer up to 50 megabits per second on their new LTE network with unlimited data. Their service has only become faster and better since I first signed on. Today and beyond, ExploreNet is investing in building and upgrading the network at a rapid pace. ExploreNet is rural, and that is their route, and that is their focus. For more information about rural internet options in your area, go to ExploreNet.com or call 1-866-285-2253. A school was built and opened on September 1, 1905, the same day that Alberta became a province, and the first store was built in 1906, close to Lac St. Anne. It would not be until 1910 that a railway subdivision branch junction was built in the area, about 2.5 kilometers away from the current town site. Interest in development quickly grew and lots were surveyed and buildings were built in the hopes that the railroad was being built from that junction and would go through the growing site. As we've seen so many times with small town histories, the railroad typically does what it wants to do. Instead of building through the community, where land prices were high, the company instead built to the east of the post office. The rail line would go through the area in 1911, and a hamlet was surveyed soon after. The Edmonton News plane dealer would report, quote, 500 men with eight grading outfits are already on the ground. Last evening, another trainload of 20 cars of laborers, stock, equipment, and supplies for work on the Onaway Peace River branch of the Canadian Northern Railway left the city en route for the scene of operations on the new line, end quote. Onaway quickly began to spring up, with 20 acres of land being bought by the CNR to sell to new residents. The same year the railroad arrived, a $15,000 hotel was completed. Today, that hotel would cost about $400,000. It was also believed a large field of coal was present 4 kilometers north of Onaway, and there were plans to install a $100,000 plant, which would employ 200 to 500 miners. An Anglican church was built in 1913, which would operate until 1937. The Standard Bank of Canada would arrive in the community in 1919. The new location didn't matter much to new residents as they began to flock to the community. By 1923, Onaway had 100 people, and residents petitioned to have their hamlet turned into a village. In June of that year, that request was approved. In the 1920s, a two-story stone building was built near Onaway. The home stands out thanks to its use of field stone on its exterior, three stone chimneys, and its intersecting roof ridges. The home was built by Thomas Sharman, who was an Irish farmer and stonemason, who took up a homestead in 1903. Clearing his land of stones, he began to make use of the large collection and start to build a home with the help of his son and neighbours. This would become the Charmin House, and the building stands to this day and sets itself apart on the landscape. In 2007, thanks to its historic nature, it was named a provincial heritage site. Today, it's the old stone house tea house and can be visited for a good tea and a nice meal. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. 
Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. In 1943, a train would derail near Onaway, dumping its load of tools and equipment that was being used to build a bridge. These items were mostly owned by the railroad, but some in the community saw an opportunity. Ten men and three teenagers went to the derailment and began picking up the cargo and taking it home for themselves. Among the stolen items were mattresses, lumber, coal, tools, equipment, and groceries. All 13 individuals would be fined a total of $932, amounting to about $14,500 today. If anyone was unable to pay the fine, they would be spending at least two weeks in jail. Three men who stole the most were told that if they didn't pay their fines, they would spend between three and five months in jail. On May 18, 1949, a terrible fire erupted in Onaway that would burn through the business section. To this day, it remains the worst fire in the town's history. The fire wiped out most of the business block and forced 12 people from their homes. Everyone in the community was awoken thanks to a man honking his horn after he saw the fire. Mrs. Matbia, the wife of the butcher, would stay, quote, It was like an inferno. There was nothing anyone could do. We tried to save what we could, but it only amounted to a small amount of meat, end quote. Jillian Sloboda, wife of the cafe owner, grabbed what she could before fleeing the flames, and she would say, quote, We had just gone to bed when I heard a crackle. We both tore into the kitchen and saw the whole place ablaze. We just grabbed some clothes and ran. My husband went back to try to save more, and then he had to smash a window and leap to save his life. End quote. Art Wismer would lose his small home. He had only filled out the insurance form the previous day and put it in the mail, but unfortunately, the post office was also hit and the outgoing mail was destroyed in the fire. No one was injured, thankfully, but several people had to jump from the upper floor windows of their homes to escape the flames. In all, the fire cost $60,000 in damages, amounting to $700,000 today. In order to fight the fire, nearly everyone in the community came out to form a bucket brigade. One building that was gutted was the aforementioned post office, but thankfully, nearly all the incoming mail had been already distributed before the fire hit. If you'd like to learn more about Onaway and its history, then you can visit the Onaway Museum. This museum is located in the old brick school, which was built in 1921. Originally just a two-room school, it would slowly expand and become the Onaway Elementary School, with a student population of 430. After the school was closed in 2007, it was given new life as the Onaway Museum. At the museum, you can learn about the history of the community and the school. The four classrooms now feature exhibits and recreations of a schoolroom, a country home, Main Street, and community life. The museum officially opened on June 6th, 2008. I hope you enjoyed that look at Onaway, Alberta, and if you did, please leave a rating and review. If you like, you can email me at craig at canadaehx.com. You can find me on Twitter. My handle is Craig Baird, C-R-A-I-G-B-A-I-R-D, and I'm on Instagram at Bairdo37. As well, again, if you want to support the podcast, you can for as little as $3 a month. Just go to patreon.com slash canadaehx. And you can donate to the podcast by going to CanadaEHX.com and clicking Donate. I'd also like to thank all of my wonderful patrons, and I apologize if I get any names incorrect. Michael Matthews, Joanna Parker, Jeff Dahl, Vobs, Robert Page, Richard D., Colin Johnson, Katie Caldwell, Jeff Hershey, Kyle Murray, Steve Pakin, Matthew Gartho, Lionel Romaine, Dr. Bob Turner, an anonymous patron that I truly do appreciate. Randy Hayden, Doug Campbell, Reg W, 
Deborah Carlson, Francis Helbling, Nick Zinri, Shannon Marshall, Clinton Martinez, Dimitri Chauve, Aaron O'Hara Myers, Robert Dunseith, Todd Casey, Catherine Roy, Luke S., J.P. Bear, Jason Hall, Phil Maynard, and Iris Gray. Thanks. We'll see you again next time.